If you go to lifepulseinc.com backslash MCA, you can take it for free, anybody listening. And it will spit out one of the four motivational catalysts that sparks motivation inside of you. And basically, the first is freedom, right? Freedom meaning that you just you don't really care what you're doing in the workplace, but you're doing it so you could do something else. If an individual likes to hunt, if an individual, I said, likes to hike, likes to do art, right? They just want the job to allow them to do what they want. That's freedom. Acknowledgement. Individuals who just, like you said, who want to be put up in front of 100 people, employee of the month, employee of the year. Individuals who just like to be told, hey, good job. Then we have support. Support are people who want to know that they have other people working with them. These are the individuals that will hate seeing people leave early when they know there's something needs to get done. And then finally is connectivity. And these are the individuals who want to be part of something bigger. One of our businesses we had, we had a BAM bonus, bare-ass minimum. Basically, if we hit this number that we created, we will then donate X amount of money to whatever charity our organization wanted to based on a voting and what they picked. And I was amazed that any quarter we didn't hit that goal, the people were more bothered that we weren't able to donate than they were bothered they didn't get their personal check. That's when you know that you've sparked something bigger than you could ever do yourself. And now they're being, and this, this whole ban bonus was based on cutting costs because it was warehouse individuals, admin, administration, you know, no one who could generate sales. So how low could they get our costs and expenses down? And if they hit it below a certain level, we would donate money to whatever nonprofit they wanted to. And we let them take the check and put their name on it and donate it in their name. Welcome to the Home Service Expert, where each week, Tommy chats with world-class entrepreneurs and experts in various fields like marketing, sales, hiring, and leadership to find out what's really behind their success in business. Now, your host, the Home Service Millionaire, Tommy Mello. Welcome back to the Home Service Expert. My name is Tommy Mello, and today I have a guest coming to us from St. Louis. His name is Matt Granados. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you on today, Matt. I'm just going to go ahead and read a little bit about what you've been through and what you're an expert in. You're an expert in customer service, leadership, public speaking, entrepreneurship, and marketing. You're currently based in St. Louis, but you started out in Philly, moved to Atlanta. Now you're in St. Louis. You're the CEO from 2017 to now of Life Pulse Incorporated. You're also the founder since 2012 of Local Vendors Coalition. And... You're also involved in Altamax Incorporated. You're the president since 2009 to present and um, explosive entertainment owner and director from 2002 to 2009. Matt is an author, keynote speaker, coach featured in The Columnist, and sought-after expert in motivation. Over the last 10 years, he's tested, developed, and helped thousands of others implement an effective and replicable system for building an unbreakable foundation for one's life and motivating even the most unmotivated individuals. Through his personal engagements and alongside his team at Life Pulse Incorporated, Matt has shared his techniques and strategies with professional organizations of all industries and sizes, from Google headquarters and Twitter to United States Air Force. Matt, it's uh, pretty exciting to have you on, man. It's not a lot of people come on and just pump us up with motivation. Well, that's the point. Like every time I start talking, I appreciate you having me on. I always joke, I I'm, I'm not a motivational speaker. A uh, motivational speaker, I, I haven't climbed Everest. I haven't pulled anyone out of a burning building yet. You know, I haven't done anything like that. However, I teach on how to use a duplicatable system to motivate anybody you come in contact with. And because of that, we've been able to range from big companies to little companies to individuals to startups. And you kind of said it in my bio, and it was kind of interesting going through my entrepreneurial journey. And it's just, man, when you're a jack of all trades, it's hard to focus on one thing and do it well. You know, and people listening to this, this podcast and the home service business, when you specialize and you know what you're focusing on, it's a lot easier to take advantage of that, that vertical and do what you need to do with it. So it was kind of reminding me, everyone's like, wow, you've done so much. And I'm going, ew, I've done so much, right? Like narrowing your focus helps us have a lot more fun and a lot more success. Yeah, I, I was the same way. And I got to tell you, I've, I've gone down that journey myself from landscaping to Christmas lights to I love garages, but I started getting into commercial. Then I got into home depots. Then I got into home warranties. And in the last year, we've literally stopped everything else pretty much in its tracks and just said, we're going to do a shotgun approach. We're going to create accountability. And it's amazing how much you can get done when you focus on one thing. So I always talk about Gary Keller's The One Thing. And uh, there's another good book called Essentialism. Those are two books that I used to be every bright light distracted 
And now I'm a real estate investor. Now I'm doing this. Now I'm doing this. And it's like, dude, you made your money in garage doors, stick to garage doors. So I kind of took some of my own medicine, but you know, you've worked in human resources for someone else's business to becoming an author and entrepreneur yourself. You've been through a lot. Why don't you tell us kind of your entrepreneurial journey from your own words and where you're headed? Yeah. So let's start with the first real business I opened up, right? And at 15, I started Explosive Entertainment. That was a DJing company that paid my way through school. Then graduated college with a hotel restaurant management degree and uh, decided I wasn't going to use a degree. Started a company, moved down to Atlanta, Georgia. It was a very unique company and I learned more than I could ever imagined about business by being in a business. Started that company, it was going really well, it was systemized, it was working on its own. But when I brought my employees in, I realized that my employees did not have an issue doing the job I had for them. They had an issue with balancing everything else that was affecting their life. You know, these were individuals who didn't graduate college, some barely graduated high school, but yet we were able to create a system where they could produce a six-figure income for themselves and their family based on systems and duplication, knowing the results that we're going to get. And from there, it led us to create this system that we call the LP. And the LP is a nine-part weekly planning system that I forced all of our employees to go through so that they could balance the other parts of their life that didn't have to do with work. Everything from internal to spiritual to relational to physical, right? Like, are you able to do this? We hired people off Craigslist, so we didn't get the, the best of the best. Um, I don't say they were unqualified, but I do say they were underqualified uh, to be producing the amount of revenue that we were producing. And it was all based on getting them to balance the stuff outside of work so they could do the job in work. And that is the system that we created. Eventually, we started talking on it, speaking on it. And I got a phone call from a, a big Fortune 500 company saying, hey, we got a copy of this little book. We think it solves our biggest personnel problem. Would you want to come talk? <laughs> and again, you heard my bio as a dumb entrepreneur. Of course, right? You want to buy something from me? I'll find a way to sell it to you. Let's talk. We went in, talked for a couple of days. I showed them exactly how to use the system. And they said, wow, we would have paid millions to have this system. We appreciate you sharing it with us. And I said, I'd love to charge you. You can still pay me. I said, no, we're good. They took it and ran with it. But I asked them, I said, what is the problem that we solve? Because I'm, I'm small business. I've always been small business. I don't understand the whole corporate hierarchy and how they deal with personnel. And they said, your system connects our corporate desired metrics with the individual's desired lifestyles. And that's how Life Pulse, our company, was born. And that's what we focus on 100% of our time right now. And we come in, and because of that, we started at you know, big companies and went right from there to Twitter, to Google, to the Air Force, like you said, and small companies. And we were all over the place trying to figure out what is it we do. And then we finally started narrowing it down. And there's two things we do. We coach high-end individuals that want to produce high-end results. We coach them and we train their teams. So we have two tracks. We do our motivation management, which is basically how do you manage the motivation on your team, no matter how high up in an organization you are. But there's usually anywhere from one to 20 people that report directly to you. How are you managing that motivation using techniques we use with our company? And then the other one is the 90-day goal rush, which is that unbreakable foundation of how do you get whatever you want in the next 90 days? And we said, look, we take 90-day coaching programs. We offer them to individual and companies. And we found that companies are paying for their individuals to go through our program on a faster pace than we expected to do it ever before. So that's kind of where we are and what we're doing, how we got here. But man, we just, I love seeing people come to their full potential. I know that sounds cheesy, but that's just really what gets me excited, right? Meeting somebody, seeing what they're doing and realizing, wait a minute, you're operating at like, 30% of what you could be operating at. Let's increase that bandwidth. Let's move you where you need to go. And this is an interesting point. You even said it that most of my clients, when I say, well, I want to grow, I want to have multiple locations. And I'm sure a lot of the people listening, they want to open multiple teams, multiple branches. They want to expand their, their territory of the, the, the services that they're able to provide. And I'm sitting there going, you're operating at 40% in this one location, in this one vertical, like you said, garage doors. Let's get that thing producing all the cash it can and then let's go into another option. Then let's move to another territory. But let's not forget the fact that being big from a numbers perspective is not as important as what the fruits you're actually bearing or what we call in business, the profit we're actually making. That's kind of funny because I was just at a wedding this past week in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and my cousin, she's six years younger than me. She said, 
Tommy, I'm not trying to discredit your success, but I feel like you operate at a higher level. You read more books, you listen to more podcasts, you're in a podcast. She said, I just feel like you're hitting between 80 and 90. And she said, I think you should hire a personal trainer. I've had a dozen personal trainers, but she is a personal trainer. So she's like the health benefits and just all the other stuff. And I said, you know what? If you could help me find someone qualified, we have a gym at the office here. I'd love for someone to come in. So we talked about three days a week, but it's just interesting hearing that the people that they have the ability to operate at such a higher level, they don't know how to number one, but they don't realize that they are operating at a lower level. They don't realize they could do better. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. So I always tell people status, like we always assume we have this natural bias towards ourselves. And we talk about it in this book, Motivate the Unmotivated. And I know you all are listening to this podcast, but it's like, we're always right above the bar of mediocrity. Like there's okay. And we're always above it. Few people will ever admit that they're actually below it. When in reality, it's like, we're setting this artificial line of mediocrity below where we are. And then we're giving ourselves the excuse of why we're not doing anymore. Right. I'm doing good enough. I'm doing better than this person. You start comparing to who you want to compare to. And what I tell people is let's compare to the life you want to live versus what you're doing right now. So when we put people through our programs, we say, look, where do you want to be in 15 years? Uh, I have no idea. Cool. Well, let's start guessing, right? And the beautiful thing about 15 years, we call it our 15-year focus, is that in 15 years from now, it's far enough away that individuals are able to dream again, right? And I don't mean that again in the cheesy, hokey way. Like, this is not all fluffy stuff. I'm not a very fluffy person. Like I said, I'm from Philly. There's very little fluff about what we do in general. But when it comes to dreaming, it's like back when you were 15, you were in high school. What did you want to do with your life? Your life was painted in this beautiful picture, right? Now that beautiful Picasso that you thought you were painting turned into a stick figure and you're going, okay, that's good enough. And that's not what we try to do. So what we do is we take an individual who's fairly successful and say, let's get you more. Let's find out how much more we can do. The SEALs have this saying called the 40% rule. And it was a saying that I did an Ironman a couple of years ago, strictly to prove to my wife that I could do something more physical than she could. She I don't like working out, right? I do it out of necessity. She's a workout nut. I did an Ironman. And what I always kept telling myself is when you feel like you are completely depleted, like you are dying, your body's going to shut down, your body shuts you down when you still have about 40% left in the tank. Like when you are almost on the floor crawling physically, right? This is just science. You naturally are not actually depleted all the way. Your body puts a safeguard. It's like a governor on a golf cart when you're trying to go fast in the next hole. It just slows you down. So because of that, we take that governor off when you work through our program. But the biggest thing is not to kill yourself while you're doing this. Yeah, and that's going to get in a whole other topic of the grind that you hear about on social media. Everyone's got to grind, grind, grind. And I always joke, you know what happens when you're done grinding? There's nothing to offer at the end. There's a better way to do it than people are doing it today. I love this stuff. This is why I have the podcast is because I just love talking about it. I, I always said when I started this thing, I had a dream. And then it became a vision. And then the vision was reverse engineered to create a reality. And the reality was to be a billion dollar company, I needed 2000 technicians doing half a million dollars a year. To do that, I knew I needed to hire 70 technicians a month. To do that, I knew what I had to do per quarter, per month, per week, per day. And what's better than getting started now? And so many people, they don't know how to white. I'm a whiteboarder. I mean, I dream. I'm a dreamer, dude. Like, this is what I do. And People are like, that's impossible. And I'm like, they're like, well, who's the biggest now? I'm like me. But BYB, better your best. As far as individually owned, as I've always been a big fan of, I'm not playing against anybody else. I'm playing against me. And and a lot of people, if you focus on other people, I truly believe there's something wrong with that. I don't care what you're doing. If I spend as much time focusing on myself, don't get me wrong. I'm a competitive. I am so competitive. I tell my guys, look, there are two people in this world, those who need to be number one and those who hate to be last. They're yeah. like, oh, at least I'm not on the bottom. And then I got another <laughs> guy that came in number two and he'll walk out of our meetings going, oh my God, Tommy, I promise you, I'm going to do better. I was like, dude, you're number one out of 135 guys. Or number two, I mean. And he'll right. be like, no, 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 it's not good enough. He'll like kick himself in the butt and be like, dude, I could do better. And I'm like, I want to see you at the top then next week. And I look yeah. for that now. I look for athletes. It's funny that you mentioned that because I look for people that know how to be competitive. And mm-hmm. as if they played high school sports or college sports, they're my kind of employee because they love to win. They know how to fight to win. Absolutely. And here's the funny part, right? We have some of our clients, I'm going to give away some of our secret with our motivation management program. I'm like, all right, so how do you, you're having these terrible Zoom meetings, right? And I don't know how 
you know, your listeners are managing kind of the morale and the culture, especially if you have a sales force, right? It's one thing if you're just a small mom and pop and you're just kind of working on different parts of the house, you know, you're the salesperson, you're the technician. And I understand you have to be motivated because you got to put food on the table. I get that, right? There's inspiration and desperation. But I'm talking about the people who have organizations around them and salespeople around them. And you have these conversations going on and on of how, what's your week? What's your pipeline look like? How's it going? And since what's going on with this craziness in the world, it's a lot of just like either they're making stuff up to sound like they're doing something or they're doing stuff just to sound like they're doing stuff versus actually getting another edge on them. And here's what happens. Competition is so important and it becomes not only addictive, which is a positive thing, but it also is contagious. So what we do with some of these sales teams whose industries are just dead, right? It's like, it's just, it's just not happening. We have them work on their personal goals. And we transition because our whole program is not about growing the, the salesperson. It's about growing the individual. It's about growing Tommy. Who is Tommy? What does Tommy want out of his life? And how can working for Tommy help Tommy get what he wants out of his life? That's what all of our programs do. We call this concept PVTT, personal value tied to task. That's the entire key of motivating anybody is how do you get a personal value behind whatever task it is you want them to do? If they like hiking, how can closing more sales allow them to hike more? We have clients of ours that we work with and we'll create what we call motivational packages. So we'll find out what does Tommy like to do outside of work, right? Tommy likes to, let's just say you like to run long distance, right? I just told you about doing an Ironman. And we have clients who do that where we tie their goals to a new pair of running shoes every quarter. And here's the cool part cost the company maybe 60 to $100 every 90 days. All of their goals give us a 10X whatever investment we're going to give back to them. We make sure of that. It's reverse engineered, just like you said. Now, every time that individual goes running, it's so funny because they come back and they're reminded every step they take, every time they look down at their shoes, who got them in their shoes. Now, all of a sudden, as they're running this three to four hours every single day, they're thinking about business. It becomes a part of their life, which is what we want and what everyone wants these days is they want to know that they're being valued in some way, shape, or form. And doing what they're doing for your company is allowing them to live out their purpose, which we call your purpose vehicle, right? These are all terms that we use in this book on how we teach people how to, I don't want to say, it's not tricking. And I have a chapter on the difference between enlightening and manipulating. There's a big difference when it comes to motivation, right? You have some bad, bad people who have manipulated people throughout the years and that's one form of motivation that we call fear-based motivation. We then have individuals who have enlightened people throughout the years. That's called love-based motivation. Fear-based is based on force. Love-based is based on understanding, right? You look at someone like MLK, Gandhi, someone like Jesus Christ. You look at someone, Mother Teresa, Princess Diana, people who have like used love to empower people. And then what happens is when you actually use the PVTT, like we said, you create these motivational packages and you let people get the life they want to live, you don't need to crack the whip like you used to. Matter of fact, there's no need to because they're already doing it for themselves. Yeah, it's powerful stuff. And it's so funny because I've created a role. Less than a half hour ago, I was discussing the role. I called the big brother role. And it's literally combining personal goals, whether that's flying your parents out to come see you and their grandchildren, whether that's going to Hawaii for the first time. But you know what I really got into is this Five love languages of appreciation in the workplace to find out what really they yeah. want. Because some of it's, you get them in front of a crowd of 100 people that work here, and guess what? Yeah. They feel like the Taj Mahal. Some people hate that. Mm -hmm. So it's finding out what motivates people. And this is like, this is my jam. And I love that. Enlighten versus manipulate. And it's funny because if you could get them to feel that. I was reading a book yesterday. It's like a life hack book. There was all these things. And it said, when you're chewing gum, studying, chew the same flavor of gum when you're taking the test. So what right. you're saying is when you have them working, picture that task they're getting done and winning with the thing they want to win with personally, basically. Yeah. That's how I'm viewing it. 100%. And when you can combine those, it's, it's extremely it's just awesome. <laughs> well, so, so here's, it's so great you brought up that five level good news. So we combine, because I was so sick of personality tests, right? Because yep. there's so many out there, right? Just looking at the bookshelves behind you, I'm sure you've taken 50, right? And they're all different shapes and sizes and colors and animals, like they, but they all say the same thing. But here's what I find is the biggest mistake is people take it as truth indefinitely. It's almost like looking at a balance sheet of a business versus year-end statement, right? Like it's just where you are at that moment that you take that test. 
So we combined all of our favorite personality assessments to create one that's just for motivation. It's called the Motivation Catalyst Assessment. Uh, if you go to lifepulseinc.com backslash MCA, you can take it for free, anybody listening. And it will spit out one of the four motivational catalysts that sparks motivation inside of you. And basically, the first is freedom, right? Freedom meaning that you just you don't really care what you're doing in the workplace, but you're doing it so you could do something else. If an individual likes to hunt, if an individual, I said, likes to hike, likes to do art, right? They just want the job to allow them to do what they want. That's freedom. Acknowledgement, individuals who just, like you said, who want to be put up in front of 100 people, employee of the month, employee of the year, individuals who just like to be told, hey, good job. Then we have support. Support are people who want to know that they have other people working with them. These are the individuals that will hate seeing people leave early when they know there's something needs to get done. And then finally is connectivity. And these are the individuals who want to be part of something bigger. One of our businesses we had, we had a BAM bonus, bare-ass minimum. Basically, if we hit this number that we created, we will then donate X amount of money to whatever charity our organization wanted to based on a voting and what they picked. And I was amazed that any quarter we didn't hit that goal, the people were more bothered that we weren't able to donate than they were bothered they didn't get their personal check. That's when you know that you've sparked something bigger than you could ever do yourself. And now they're being, and this, this whole band bonus was based on cutting costs because it was warehouse individuals, admin, administration, you know, no one who could generate sales. So how low could they get our costs and expenses down? And if they hit it below a certain level, we would donate money to whatever nonprofit they wanted to. And we let them take the check and put their name on it and donate it in their name. Yeah, awesome. I love that. I'm doing the A1 Cares program where we're going to donate. This year should be around 200,000. Next year, we're planning on about 550,000 towards charity. And it's just cool to see the people that care. And I, lo I love this. I can't wait to go to test. I love taking these tests. I'm a big fan of predictive index. And I like to take cognitive tests and see how likely you are to succeed when you work for me. And there's certain, I always tell my recruiters, and we've got several of them now, they don't need to fit the mold perfectly because you can learn to be outside of the box. And it really is about what's going on in your life today. Uh, right. So they say you could take three to six months and you're going to get different results a lot of the time. So you're absolutely right when it comes to that. So this isn't something where we've already labeled you, you're done. Exactly. Put you in a <laughs> box, right? Like, why are you being nice to me? You're supposed to be direct and to the point. And now you're being caring yeah. well, because I just had a daughter, right? Like yeah. here's a great example, right? I have a daughter who has a very rare muscular disorder, right? So she can't walk, can't crawl. She's in a wheelchair. And when that happens to you, you change a little bit, yeah. right? So that my directness and my, my lack of empathy that I used to have as a young salesperson, entrepreneur, bulldozer, go-getter, whatever, lion, D, whatever you know, acronym you want to put me on. I can't remember Myers-Briggs because there's 15 letters in it, right? But whatever it is you want us to be in, things change. So part of the thing, when we do our motivation management, it's always 90 days. We need to restart after 90 days because guess what? Once I fill that cup, I might want something different. And I used to be motivated by freedom, but now I realize that I got what I want. And actually, I just want to be told good job now. And it's amazing how many times we see people, once they're actually fed what they want, it's almost like whatever has the least in that bucket is what they'll crave for the next quarter. So the biggest mistake, just like you said, is put them in a box, let them go and say, hey, this is how you're going to be for the next 10 years you work with me. You know, it's crazy because someone told me at this wedding, another one of my buddies, he's like, what keeps you going? You've already hit all your goals that you set out to hit. And I yeah. said, well, now it's to create a legacy. And he goes, you know, I think, Tommy, you're craving serotonin. You're craving that next fix. Because it's not like a drug deal, but he goes, no one, especially, you know, competitive. I'm a competitive asshole. But he said, right. you're, just, you're craving that next win, that next big win. And yeah. to you, you've defined your next big win. And we put it into very, very concise goals. And I mean, I believe that no one should have more than five direct reports. And the podcasters have uh, heard me say this, but Jesus Christ only had 12 disciples and that's the Lord. So think yeah. about it. If you, anything more than five direct reports, you start to not focus on what matters. And it starts to yeah. get, uh, we could talk about this too, as you start to get some burnout. And I think that's when companies, we got peaks and valleys. And if you do it right, and you make sure not to get out of control with one person, taking on too many reports, what's able to happen. And you just see how much my assistant's able to handle for me and how much better I became by hiring around my weaknesses. 100%. I've hired so many people around my weaknesses. They're like, dude, 
you go ahead and work on the Excel sheet. I'm like, me? You don't want me to touch that thing today because I'm not going to be as effective as you. I mean, I can work around it. And they're like, check your emails. I'm like, no, I, she does that. And she'll send yeah. me everyone that's important. It's knowing my place. So, you know, as far as leadership goes, I want to talk because this is like, this is the stuff we go after is what's some challenges that owners struggle with the most when it comes to leadership? Yeah. So I call it the, basically it's like the kryptonite of motivation. It's the biggest mistake and it's the death of all motivation is this word that we we say and it's uh, hypocrisy. Hypocrisy when it comes to leadership is what will make me never work with a company. That's the first thing I look for, right? So Tommy, you say, come on, we want to do your motivation management program. And if you said something like, all right, here's the deal. Here's the group I want you to work with, but you're not going to be a part of it. I'll say, see it. Right? Like if you don't like Brussels sprouts, don't serve it for me when I'm coming to eat at your house. Like, if it's not good enough for you, don't waste your employees' time with it. So that's the first thing. Hypocrisy is the biggest thing. And here's why, is we've been told over the past probably, I don't know, maybe 100 years at this point, that there's a difference between personal and professional life. And what's happening now is it's completely colliding and nobody knows what to do with it. Now with this virtual world, it's even worse, right? We literally are colliding everything and it becomes this, this no one knows how to blend because you're being two different people. I've even taken personality tests that show you the real you and the fake you. And I'm sitting there going, why? I don't want a fake me. I want to be me at work, with my wife, with my kids, with everybody. Like I don't want to surprise somebody in one part of my life. So hypocrisy is the biggest thing. And what I always tell people is the goal of motivating to do it very well. And I think it's one of the earlier chapters in the book is being versus telling. It's a lot easier. Look, you're a motivated individual, right? You're a type A, high energy individual. It's not difficult for you to get other people excited because you're excited. But if you're not, you're an introvert, you're not very excited, you sit back, you're, you, know, you don't want to get people too riled up, and it's your job to get the crowd going, it's going to be nearly impossible for you to do. So what I always tell people is, how are we working on you? And with leadership is if you're not willing to grow, then you're not going to be able to lead. So if you think you've hit your apex, you, you know it all, you got it all, then you're at the level you're going to be able to grow and lead. It's the same line, right? You've hit the same ceiling. If you want to continue to lead, we got to continue to grow. And that's why when I work with people, I come in and say, look, I, I don't need to work with the CEO of, of the companies, right? If I'm working with like a Twitter or a Google, yeah. I to get that stuff. But I need to know manager who's bringing me in. We're working together. You're using our little blue book and you're listening to everything I'm saying, you're not taking phone calls in the middle of our presentation. And I I have turned away very profitable opportunities because of that, because that is the kiss of death, especially in a time like this, is be true to who you are. But here's the thing, and I don't blame people who aren't. Many people don't know who they are. They don't take the time to recognize who they are. And that's why our program, when when we put people through it, our first thing we do is we need to know who are you and why are you here? Why are you on this planet? right? We put you through and we want to find out what are you focused on? What are you grateful for? What goals are you working towards? What's all the stuff that you have to do? What do you feel is important or needs to happen now versus later? And then finally, who are you outside of work so I can understand what's going on inside of work? And that That is the the key to being a successful leader. Look, I had one client, right? One of the things we do every week, we have our pulse check, right? And we sit down and we say, all right, so what's your one word focus for the week? And it's on this LP that we have. And he would always talk about his daughter. And this was within like two weeks of us working with him. And I did a quick poll because I started noticing people were much nicer to him. And I said, why are you guys nicer to your boss now? Like you guys were always kind of like short with them and, and he couldn't understand. And what it was, was they didn't realize how much he loved his daughter. They didn't realize he had like a care about any human at all because the way he worked, treated at work was very selfish, was very self-centered, was very, here's what we need to do for the, like, it's basically, it was like him and the company and then everyone else. Now they start seeing this softer side of him and they go, wait a minute, you're a human. Let's see what virtual is doing right now with companies. It's destroying the human interaction. It's making it so that it's easy to get upset with somebody who you're seeing on a screen versus someone you're looking at face-to-face. And I think if we don't control that, it's going to be even more detrimental than we've ever imagined when it comes to leading a big company. You know, the other day, someone, I don't remember, there was several people in the last month, I bought a new 
house I'm closing on today. And it's, it's a nice house. <laughs> it's a big house. Right. And people said, and I've, I live in an apartment for the last three years. We own the apartment complex, but it's where all my technicians stay. Yeah. And I drive an older truck and I, you know, I've, I've always made it seem like, and it has been, I mean, money, it's great to have, but it's not the house. When I look at this house to me, what it symbolizes to me is the ability to, to entertain, to have everybody over and to give nice things to the staff that has been able to help me meet my dreams. And people don't understand exactly what I mean by that. But I said, man, I can't wait. If somebody needs to use my house, any of my employees, they could use it for a family get together. I look at this as just simply a tool, not look at me, look at me. And everybody I know, especially business owners are like, don't let your employees go there. They're going to judge you. And I'm like, no, they've helped me get here. If that's the way that it needs to be, yes or no, all or nothing, I think there's a little bit of gray that say, you know what, guys, I'm fortunate enough. Listen, you guys pay for the cleaning bill. I'll let you guys use this whenever you need. I'll lock up my closet, whatever that looks like. That's the real deal. And I didn't buy this to say, look at me. And it just kind of sucks when people are like, oh, finally, he finally, no, no, no. I look at this as a tool to invite. I've got 40 guys here training right now. They're all brand new. They've went through their apprentice program. I've got an amazing staff. Why not have a great place that they can enjoy whenever they want? And I don't look at it like that. I I just, that's me. I don't know why it has to be this, oh my gosh, look at what Tom, no, I'm I'm renting it out for the next five months anyway. It's like, what? Yeah. Um, I I can tell you why that is, right? Transparency needs to be either transparent or not. And you're obviously transparent with your team. You care about your team. They know that you care about them because of that. They're not upset with you benefiting versus most leaders. They're not transparent. They don't care about their team and their team knows it. It's very clear when someone cares about you or not. And because of that, I don't want to see your $250,000 car, right? Every time I'd see that, it would drive me nuts because I'm working my butt off and you're barely doing what you said you're going to do. I need you to finish this one thing I've asked you to do three months ago and you're not doing it versus what it sounds like from you. And I don't know your whole story. Is your staff knows you. You're very honest. You're very clear with them. And because of that, they take pride in seeing you with something nice because it reflects on the efforts that they're putting in and they know that you're putting in even more effort. And I think that's where you differ, right, from the little bit that I know about you than most people in a position to be able to do that is, like, I, I got buddies who they'll change cars before they get to work. Like, there's certain cars they drive on the weekends and then they avoid their drivers when they're out and about because they don't want them to see them in their car. And I sit there and say, that's just, A, it's a lot of work. Like, I don't want to be hiding myself from anybody on that front. But B, why would your people be bothered by you living a fulfilled life? There's a disconnect there between you and your people if they're that bothered. Now, look, I'm not saying this can fix every single problem. It's a culture that you need to start by being truly who you are. And that's where that authenticity is so important of, look, this is who I am. This is what I do. You're part of my team. I appreciate it. Therefore, here's what we all get the benefit for. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I agree with that statement completely. And you know, I want to talk real quick about being motivated versus non-motivated is for some reason, I know when I say something to somebody, for the most part, you yeah. know, with going on 300 employees, that for some reason they see I care. They see yeah. that I'm willing to jump through hoops. I'm willing to do anything. I mean, we've got and I love talking about this real quick is we've got big buck hunter. We've got golden tea. We've got pinball. We've got a basketball hoop. We've got a nice weight room. We've got the coolest things. We've got a popcorn machine. We just got a coffee machine. We've got a nice tea machine. We've got the coolest things. I just love, we got bags. We've got ping pong. We've got three massage chairs. I love this stuff. And I'm not bragging about the possessions. I'm just like, this is a big game room. This is like a goof off city. You play hard, but you work hard. And I just think it's super important. And I know what motivates people. It's typically I can find out what they're motivated by. And it's not very hard, but I've always made things competitive. I've always said, and you can see the people falling off. And now we started to interview in a way that says, tell us a little bit about something you love. Tell us about the last time you played that. And you can almost see the passion. The passion is almost a competitiveness in them. The passion for me, they're not the same, but they're very, very close to synonyms. I mean, it's tough to tell the difference for me is, and I think I, I know it because I've worked for other companies. I was a busboy at Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> I, was, I was a bartender. R.I.P. Cheesecake Factory. That's right. Yeah. But, you know, 
I just don't work around very many people that aren't motivated. I don't know what it is, but it's like, I guess there's a lot of people out there that, that see it. And I'm about voice inflection, body language, eye contact. Those are my three things. Tonality, eye contact, body language. Show me, show me, show me, show me. And I try to express that in all the employees. And I feel like I'm one of the guys. Like, I really am. I'm in the fight every day. And I talk to them. We have fun. And I say, oh, you got to ask good questions of your employees. But I know I went off on a tangent there. But tell me a little bit about why people becomes unmotivated over time. All right. So here's, here's the deal, right? And it's the, the first part of the book. Because I talk about that motivation is not a character trait. It's a state of mind. And if it's a state of mind, I can change it. That's called sales. It's all we do in sales, right? Like. When we look at it that way, it's like Bobby is not unmotivated as an individual. He's in an unmotivated state of mind. Therefore, how can we adjust it? And you naturally do it by finding out what they love, right? We are all, as humans, there's two things we are built by. Whether you say we came from God or we came from a little bug, right? I don't care where you believe where we came from, but recognize this, is we were designed in a way to always have this thing called desire and always put the least amount of effort to achieve what we want, which means we were naturally born motivated and lazy at the same time. Like, think about the way your body works. Your heart pumps only enough to do exactly what it needs without using any other energy from your body, right? Now, it uses a lot of energy, but it uses just what it needs. So when it comes to an unmotivated mindset, how do we change that? That's where the concept of PVTT comes in, personal value tied to cash. If you ask somebody... What do you love? Ah, man, I love art. Okay, that has nothing to do with garage doors, but let me connect those two for you. Personal value tied to tasks. If you love art, what do you love about art? I just love exploring it, seeing it, doing it, all this stuff. And I was, okay, well then let's try to create a motivational package versus a BS comp plan where you're putting all these ridiculous things, you know, levels they're never gonna hit, the phantom stock where the word phantom means faith in the word. Like we're offering all this stuff to people that they don't care about, and most importantly, they don't value. Versus if you like art, you sell X amount of garage doors, where do you want to go? Right? We, we had a doctor that we were working with, and we put together this program for them. And they opened up a new practice in South Carolina, and their goal for the year was to bring in 100 new patients. And I said, okay, I said, how would you like if we did it in 90 days? He's like, there's no way you can. I said, just let me, like, would that be something you'd like? He's like, absolutely. What would you pay them if they did it in 90 days? He said, I'd pay him 20 or 30 grand. I mean, if they could literally get this thing going in 90 days, I said, let me take this step back. So we did our motivation catalyst assessment. Their motivation catalyst was freedom. I said, instead of offering 20 or 30 grand, here's what I want to do. I want to offer them first class tickets anywhere in the world. How's that sound? Right? And he said, I don't know about anywhere in the world. I said, okay, fine. How about the US? First class ticket anywhere in the US, they can go on a trip. He said, okay, fine. I said, Dude, you're talking 20, 30 grand. We can afford a ticket. So, I talked to the client's staff member. We're having this conversation. I said, the goal is going to be get 100 new clients in the first 90 days. And if you do so, we will pay as a company. We'll pay for two first-class tickets anywhere in the country for you and your wife to go on. And then our, we'll come and have someone staff your office while you're gone. They hit the goal in 45 days. Not only that, they took a first-class ticket from South Carolina to Florida. The whole thing ended up costing like, like $2,500. So my client added the hotel for them, right? So we went from a $30,000 offer, which anyone in the right mind would have said, I want the money, right? No one would take first class tickets over 30 grand, you know, if, if you have any idea what the tickets would cost. But we put it out there, we gave it to them. They hit the goal faster, half the time we expected them to. And it ended up costing 10% of what we were going to spend on that exact same goal. And again, it's not because people wouldn't want the money. Everyone will say they want more money. Right? Hey, what do you need to do your job at? Oh, if I got paid more, I'd do my job. No, you wouldn't. I've given you a pay increase for the last five years. You're not doing a much better job. Or, you're, hey, you're already on commission. Sell more, you'll make more. Like, you don't need a higher base to be more motivated to get more commission, which I always think is funny when sales reps tell us that. But instead, find out what they want and how can the company help them achieve that. So let's run through a couple of things. Number one, it sounds like 90 days is the key to set a new one every 90 days. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. And then number two, why don't you run me through the personal value tied to task and not, you know, like a three minute thing. I'll, I'll pretend that, that my name is Tommy and I'm an employee here at the garage door company. I mean, obviously I just want to know, 
I want the audience to get a little bit of, of what the book and what you teach of the process of how this conversation looks. How did you find out about the guy's daughter? Like, what does this conversation look like? Yeah. So first off, everyone we work with is using our, our weekly planning system. And what that does is it gives them a way to get stuff out of their head, find out what it is that they are in, what it is that's going on based on their wants and then what they need to do and then what's actually important. So we go through, we call that reverse planning, right? So here's what I want out of life. Here's my list of to do's, what I need to do. And then let's only do what's important. So we show them how to structure their life in a way to achieve what they want. In doing so, we ask three questions. What are you focused on? What are you working towards? And what are you grateful for? Every week I hear those. And after about four times of hearing them, I listen for trends. This is what good managers do. Good managers, this is the big thing. Good managers don't do the work for their team. Good managers make it possible for their team to do the work, whatever that means. And it's a big difference in management styles where now it's like, well, I got to get on the call to close this client. Well, that's not your job as a manager. That's their job as a salesperson. What's so the difference go- focus and working? Sorry. I- so the one word focus is basically your whole life. What's the one word focus this week that's going to allow you to achieve whatever you want? That's how we start off to get their minds straight. What are you grateful for? Obviously, what are you grateful for this week? And then what goals are you working towards? We ask them to give us their four vital signs of fulfillment. This is internal, physical, relational, and professional. What's the one thing you're doing this week to move that part of your life forward? And depending on how open your team is, we let you go as deep as you want with that. Some people don't want to dive into some of them, and we don't force people to share. But it gives me an idea of what they're working on. So let's say their focus, well, let's do this with you. What's your one word focus? What would be one word that you were focusing on this week to get what you need done this week? Oh, man, it's, it's quite a bit if you look at my calendar. I would say this week I'm heavily focused. I'm focused on getting a big, 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 big marketing deal done. Does that work? Gotcha. So marketing. Sure, marketing, right? Would that be your one-word focus on your yeah, whole marketing. life right now? Okay, cool. All right, so that's your focus. What are you grateful for? You'd say you're grateful for your family. Let's just say that. And then I'd say, all right, so what are the goals you're working towards? Internal, how are you growing your mind? Physical, how are you growing your body? Relational, how are you growing your connections in your life? And then professional. So professional would be about the marketing. Yep. Right. It would probably come up again. And if your job in what I'm managing you on is to close this marketing deal this week, then I now know I don't need to manage you. You're doing what you got to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what else is going on in your life internally? Well, I'm trying to meditate 20 minutes a day. Cool. You know, physically, I got to go to the gym three times a week. And relationally, I got to go on a date with my wife, right? Like, all right, cool. There's your four simple, very surface level steps. If I hear every week, I got to go on a date with my wife. I got to go on a date with my wife. I got to go on a date with my wife. And I go, have you gone on a day yet? And you go, no. I go, wait a minute. You're obviously not achieving that, right? Like make that a point. Don't come back to me tomorrow. Put it on your calendar. (laughs) Yeah, just go on a date, man. Or have you gone to the gym at all? And these are the type of things that that show you care, right? You ask the same question. Why do people stay motivated around you? Because they know you care. If you know what people are doing, a great line that my wife and I always use is that if you knew somebody's story, it'd be a lot easier to love them. We don't know our employees' stories. So I know you asked me to go through the process. So sorry, I always, I get excited about doing this. And this is why our team does it. You know, we teach managers how to do this with their teams, but it's a nine-part system or 10-part system that we go through with teams for our motivation management. So first thing we do is we'd have, we'd have you go through your motivation catalyst assessment. We find out what your motivation catalyst is currently. We'd have you do a quick assessment to find out where you are from a temperature perspective with the rest of the company. Like, are you happy? Are you pissed? You like what you're doing? Do you not like what you're doing? Where are you at with it? Because if you're happy with where you are, my goal is just to make you more happy. If you're pissed, we got to find out what's the roadblock because otherwise you're never going to get where you need to be. So we have you go through that. And then if there is disconnect between what you're saying, your motivation catalyst is, and what's happening in your work day, we have a phone call with the individual and walk through and go, okay, who are you? What's going on? We get a better sense of it. After that, we ask the individual what their goals are right? Or we ask the manager, what should their goals be? The big thing that I think it's something like 14% of all people know what their company goals are. It's a ridiculous stat worldwide that people don't know what they should be doing. They think they know what they're doing, but they don't actually know it. So once we find out what the goals are, 
we sit there and find out what would you need to get in order for you to get these goals. And they'll all say, well, I need to get paid more. Good. What would you do with that money? I'll pay you, but just tell me what you'll do with the money. Well, I need to buy a new car. Cool. Okay. How about this? Instead of me paying you, how about I make your car payments for you every time you hit this goal? Ooh, oh, okay. that's, that's powerful. I love this stuff. That makes sense. Yeah, like, no, it does. Because of course, everybody says, you know, baby boomers used to want to get, they say, pay me more. But millennials, they say, I want you to bring me into the decisions. I want you to know how I feel. And, this, and it's a good thing because I love millennials. Everybody hates yeah. them. I'm, I love I'm them. right on the borderline, but I love millennials. <laughs> I agree. Well, here's the thing. It's value. They want to feel valued. In the book, we break down how values work from this generational gap, which you just talked about, right? Millennials are, well, let's talk with boomers. Boomers were valued by security. They had security. They were valued, meaning here's an extra bonus. Shut up and go work on Christmas, right? Like it's all good. Millennials are valued by freedom, meaning being a part of it, right? Like they don't want to just have structure because they can find structure anywhere else. The grass is always greener. They get to see it every day on social media. So because of that, how am I going to, oh, you got a car payment? Your cell phone bill is too high? Perfect. Here's what I need you to do. We're going to do a simple ROI on what goals you need to hit in order for me to pay your $100 a month bill. And we'll put it right through the business. You know what I mean? Now, some companies can't do that, right? Like, like a, a company of your size, you might have the flexibility to do that type of stuff. But when we work with larger companies, like someone like a Home Depot or or Google or Twitter, when we go through this program, we can't increase pay without getting a whole bunch of approvals. Does that make sense? So yeah. instead, what we do is we do intangible ways to do this, right? Different ways to show freedom, right? Or to support people while they are doing freedom. Like, hey, get out of work early so that you can go do this race you're trying to do this weekend. Or little things, cheap things that show acknowledgement or show support. So let's go through why you're saying that because I think a lot of the people that are listening are like, I can't just go ahead and do a first class. So getting out of work early, maybe PTO days. Give me a list of just, I think this is important because last thing some of the owners want to do is say, I barely got enough money to pay my bills, but I want to help my employees. So it's, that's the thing is it's not a financial thing we need to pay attention to. It's a value right? It's appreciation. It's smiling. I always say this stuff. It's, it's literally yeah. somebody, how their day went, what, what they do over the weekend. There's a lot more things you could do, but honestly, we have an employee of the month. It's a draft because they're willing to stick their neck out for the company and they got a big heart. And that thing is making people just do so. We've got a parking spot for them. It's like the exactly. smallest little things. It doesn't cost yeah. anything. And what happens is I have to understand who your audience is, right? So let's use you, for example, from a little bit. And again, this is the first time we're talking. Sure. I would sit there and go, okay, so you got this game room in your, hall, your office, right? You got a whole bunch of stuff. Would your people be interested in getting a new piece of equipment from a cultural perspective, from a play perspective? And what would they be willing to do to be the one who selects what that equipment is, right? Or get their name painted on the next X, Y, and Z. Things like that, that, that won't cost anything. You're already doing it, but it just brings value to it, right? Now, I'm buying it anyway. Might as well. Exactly. Let's, bring, <laughs> let's, let's brand it. How about this? You design it. You put it right. It goes in your office or right outside your office, right? Like, which, how ridiculous is that? But that's there forever and they remember why. So if you don't have any money, I go in and go, all right, so what is it they want? They want support? Then how you talk to them, you need to remind them that you're in this with them. So there's one way to do it where you're spending money and buying things and doing an ROI calculation to find out what you can spend based on someone achieving that goal. And that's a simple structure that we do in this program anyway, to make sure anyone who comes through, we don't want to see them make less than a five X multiple on bringing us in and spending on their people. So we walk through that. But if you're someone listening, going, man, times are so tough. I can't afford to like cover payroll sometimes, let alone even give them an additional bonus like that. It's all about how you change the way you talk to them, right? changing the paradigm behind the actions they're taking. So they're not sitting there, you know, one of our businesses, we sell pets and pet supplies. And what I found was for a sales rep, who do you attract to sell pet supplies or people who love pets? Well, the natural tendency of someone who loves pets is not the same as somebody who's a natural born salesperson. And because of that, I can't sit there and say, hey, sell more, make more, sell more, make more. For a salesperson, I can do that. But for these individuals, I had to reframe their paradigm behind the actions they were taking and what they were actually doing for the customer. So instead of sell more, make more, it was sell more, educate more, make sure these people are making the right decision 
for their name, for their story, for they, so, so they understand what it is they're doing and what they're getting for their pet. Similar with what you guys do, if you're working in you know, any type of home service business and you have a sales rep who's not a natural born sales rep, which you're going to have them, doesn't mean they're a bad salesperson, right? You can top grade them. You can say, hey, you know what? You're not supposed to be in this role. Maybe it was a bad hire. Who cares? I work with a lot of bad hires. Turns out that they're not bad hires as much as they aren't coached to do what they should be doing. So we take a step back and we change the way they're seeing it. Hey, every time you make this phone call, don't worry about making the money. You're helping our company if they're a connectivity person. Look at this company that you're helping grow and what this is helping other people do in their life. If you're a freedom person, hey, you make 100 phone calls, we're going to let you leave early on Friday. Take an extra long lunch if you make these. Leave an hour early at the end of the day. You made your 100 phone calls, boom, let's get you going, right? Admin, if you're sitting there doing mundane tasks and they kind of, they're paid hourly, they're taking their time, save yourself money and save them some time. Look, you knock this stuff out. If you knock it out by noon, I'll pay you till two, leave it two, right? So, so this two. is just a fancy way. I mean, ultimately, it's like advanced gamification. Is that kind of... It's gamification using the concept of value, not dollar. Not dollar. Okay. So I love the idea of this because contests to me are awesome, but this is individual goals. So there's one of the things that I, I got on the podcast, I don't know, two years ago. And this guy said, he, he number one restaurant five years in a row in Canada. Yeah. And he said, the first thing I do is find out what they would do for $20. If they had 20 bucks, what would they do with it? Some of them say chocolate. Some of them say movie tickets. Right as they go through orientation, they get an envelope with whatever that is. It might be a gift card to a little chocolate place or whatever. But then they say, well, what else would you do if you had 100 bucks? If you had 100 right. bucks, you'd just spend it on leisure. Their one-year anniversary, they get this. And I think the basic thing that we're talking about is unlocking what the desire is in a person, what they're going to use the money for. So for me, I know this is very, very broad, but it's to do what I want when I want with whoever I want. Yeah. I have no restrictions. And I, people say, when did you know you were successful? I say, when the bill came out, I didn't look at it. And yeah. it was expensive. It was an expensive <laughs> bill. Man, this is amazing. This is amazing stuff. I, I could keep going for two more hours, but I, I want to start getting into the last questions here. I only got to half of them because we went down and I told you when we started the podcast, Yeah, I feel like what we did was much better. I feel like it really applies to, to a lot of the people out there that are going, obviously, you could continue to teach us about this stuff because I've got... I've got all kinds of to-dos. One of the things I do after I get off a podcast that's as valuable as this is I put a lot of notes and deadlines and add stuff to my calendar. So right after I get to the podcast, I make all the calendar invites of all the people I want to talk to about what I've learned and who it applies yeah. to and how we implement certain things. Now, I'm not like crazy about it. Like every time I'm on a podcast, we need to do 25 things because those are the, everybody that reads a book and all of a sudden they're going to change exactly. the world. But there's a happy medium to say these little things, just one big gold nugget. And to me, my gold nugget, and there's a lot of them here, but it's get a cheerleader of the company. Get someone that's going to know every single birthday, find out all their wants, find out all their needs, know their family. And not anything else, but for me, is to keep it Toma, top line of awareness. Hey, this is what's going on with this person. Not because I don't have the time, but I always tell people, look, with 300 people, five minutes with each person a day that takes care of my whole month that I don't have enough time. I mean, yeah. delegation and, is great. And then being able to take the time to contact a few employees a day and it doesn't yeah. take a lot. And that's why, that's why what we do when we come in is we teach the managers how to do this for their team. So that way they can do it over and over and over again. And then if everyone's doing the system from the top to the bottom, you have all the answers you need. And it's all about knowing. And like you said, the, the example you gave about the Canadian, restaurateur, like $20 worth of chocolates is a lot of chocolates. Individuals who eat chocolates don't realize how much chocolate you could get for $20. So by sending them this big thing, it's value versus dollar. They think it's extraordinary. You know, and it, look, it doesn't mean you have to send them a $5 thing and tell them it was 20, but you can do a lot with very little when people have value behind it. One of my clients would pick up a rock, kind of like your giraffe, every single day when she came in from the landscaping outside of her freaking office and would give it to the one person who was the rock of the day. And people were fighting over these things, literally from outside. They walk past the same rocks every time because we changed the paradigm around well, how people value things. I need to get more rocks out front. I love it. 
<laughs> so Absolutely. I got a few questions here. Obviously, it sounds like this is a great program for companies. Everybody should be involved in it. It really sounds like, for me, three things. It creates a place where people want to work. It creates a place where people are going to stay working. And it creates a place where people aren't going to leave. Those are yeah. three different things. You get people to come on because they hear about it. You get them happy to work every day. But more importantly, I think replacing an employee costs 10 more times than it does to keep an employee. So this helps. Right. And that's, it sounds like a selfish reason, but I think a lot of the smaller companies out there, they're just trying to figure out ideas and they've never heard of this, this idea. And I, I can't make people care. You can't make them care. But I think most business owners, they got to where they are today because they do care. It's just really hard when there's so much going on every day in their business that they're, they're multitasking, doing 20 million things. In the e-myth, Michael Gerber talks about the lady would come in at five in the morning and leave at two o'clock in the morning. To, it's just tough. But yeah, the problem is we just, we don't know how to delegate properly. We don't not understand this tactic. And when we do, people start to love you. We always talk about the good king and the bad king. The bad yeah. king does okay, but man, he's hated throughout life. No one shows up to his funeral. The right. good king, man, people would really take a bullet for that good king. They want to defend yeah. his honor or her yeah. honor if it's a queen. And I think that's a better way to rule. If you call it ruling, I call me, I like to share. I like to enjoy yeah. stuff with people. I'm not going to have a whole lot of that coffee. I got to tell you, I already got enough energy. I'm bouncing off the walls. <laughs> but I'm so glad that they get to enjoy it, you know? 100%. And I think the biggest thing is if you're keeping your staff with you because strictly through pay, you're a commodity. What I do with companies is I make you something that is invaluable meaning they will never leave you because they will never get what they have anywhere else because what they have is pure value to what they want, the life they want to live. So because of that, if you're sitting there and we all experienced it with unemployment recently, all of a sudden, no one wanted to come back to work. Well, I'll pay you. Why would I come back? I'm making an extra 600 bucks a week. It was a nationwide wake up. What you're doing is not working. And yet people, look, science is telling us one thing and companies are doing the opposite. This is a simple solution to the biggest problem we have which is motivating individuals right now. And that's why we love talking about it. That's why I love doing it. That's why I love writing the book. And that's why I love seeing the results we get from people. So this was awesome, Tommy. Now, you and I got to connect and talk more after this. This is a we lot will. of fun. We will. We will. And the, so the three questions, how do people, somebody wants to reach out to you, give us a couple of ways to get a hold of you, Matt. All right, here's what I'm going to do. And I don't do this with everybody. And I'm going to see if I regret this. Actually, I haven't done this with any podcast, but I'm going to give my personal email address to people who are listening to your podcast. And if this is something that makes sense to you and you want to understand how to do it, email me directly. All right. And again, Tommy, I'll tell you if I regret doing this later. But <laughs> Matt, M-A-T-T -T, at lifepulseinc.com. And if I pass you off to my assistant, then you'll know that I regretted doing it. And there's too many people coming through right away. But I, I want to work with anyone in this field, the home services field. And even if you're not, you're just listening to it because you like the energy that Tommy brings, I'll work with you, like I said, and we'll figure out a way to make it work out. Now, if you're an individual and you're like, eh, I don't know if I want to go with our whole company, but I want to check this thing out. What I'm also going to do, Tommy, is I'll put together kind of a special program specifically for your listeners that I'll, I'll put on a site called lifepulseinc.com backslash pod gift where I'll basically put as much of the do-it-yourself type exercises as we can and just discount it to basically nothing. So go on that as soon as you hear this. And then the third way would be obviously social media. At Life Pulse Inc. is all of our handles. Follow us, let us know how we can help you out, and we'll go from there. Awesome. And then I always ask three books. Is there three books that helped inspire you? It could be anything, anything. It could be yoga for all I care. It's just anything yeah. that really you get a lot out of. Obviously outside of my book, Motivate the Unmotivated. Motivate uh, the uh, Unmotivated. We got to all pick uh, that up. And when you do, you'll read the fact that I'm not necessarily discovering new things. I'm teaching old fundamentals. So here's kind of where I would go. Number one book in my world is the Bible, right? So I don't care whether you believe or don't believe. If you're a business, if you read self-growth, you should at least read the four gospels in the New Testament, right? If you build a business, you should read Acts. And I'm telling you this not because I want to convert you. I'm telling you this because there are gems in there that you're searching all over the place for that are right there that you could read in a day. So that's the first book. So the second book would be my all-time favorite book, which is Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. 
most of you know Napoleon Hill for writing Think and Grow Rich in 1937. And in 1938, he wrote this quick note of kind of an experience he had. And it's amazing. And especially, it's so creepy to go through it right now. And you can actually go on YouTube and listen to the whole book for free. And I would challenge you to do it. How accurate it is to what's going on in today's world. Again, that's not because it's a spiritual thing. It's just because of what he said and what he got from it. And then the third one would probably be The Dream Manager, which is a great book. Uh, talks about kind of a janitorial company who had to turn over like crazy, didn't really know what to do. And because of that, they went and they hired somebody who was the dream manager, who, just like Tommy, like you were talking about, who just came in and just took care of what is it you want to do with your life and how can we get you there? What's the biggest issue, right? We need a bus stop. Okay, so they found a way to transport these hourly worker janitorial individuals to do their job because transportation was an issue. And all of a sudden, it went from like a 99% turnover rate to like a 3% turnover rate. And the only reason the turnover rate happened was because they realized in the dream manager that they should have been doing something else. So it was just a fascinating realization of how do we pay people? It used to just be money. Now it's on value. Love that. This is powerful stuff. I think this is why people listen for people like you that come on. And then finally, I'm just going to give you the floor for a few minutes to kind of Talk about whatever you think is important to get people to take that next step to really realize the goal of why we're having this podcast right now, which I believe is to give a bigger reason why you're a business owner and also figure out a way to actually build relationships that matter with your employees. And actually, I talk a lot about sales and the B2C side of things, but this is simply something that people, you're creating your biggest fans internally in your business. And I think it's powerful stuff. Yeah, I think that leads me to one thing I think we mess up as business owners is who's the most valuable individual. We all act like it's our customers. We might say it's not, but we act like it's our customers. But it's really our employees. If we treat our employees well, they will do their job. That's the thing I learned from the beginning and I see countless times when I'm working with managers and I'm sitting there going, look, you just have to treat your employees better. They don't like you. I don't know what you, why you think they're going to die for you. Like you said, the story of the king, good king and the bad king, like they're going to run from you versus die from you. They're getting phone calls and they're getting picked up. And if you have a good employee, they're going to get hired by somebody else. So the biggest, you know, you have an issue if you're having turnover issues and they're going to a competitor. That is the biggest slap in the face personally as an entrepreneur and business owner that I can think of because that means they literally left you for somebody else. Now, if they left you because they want to be an artist, so be it, right? You're never going to keep them. That's fine. Let them go. But the people who leave you, and some people will even take a pay cut to not have to deal with the turmoil that causes when you come walk into the room. So that's the first thing. There's an entire formula that I didn't get a chance to explain of motivation, which is the sum of you and them, how well you know yourself and how well you know them, times the system equals the results. So if you don't have a system, this LP program is exactly what that's for. It's a nine-part system. If you do have a system, perfect, use it. The them is how well do you know them? Are you asking the right questions? And the you is how well do you know you? Are you who you think you are? And even more importantly, are you who they think you are? Big difference, powerful difference, but very, very important difference. And then again, we all have unmotivated times in our life. The character in the book that we put everybody through when we go through this journey is Unmo. Unmo is a long distant cousin of Elmo, right? Unmo's drank a little too much the night before, hasn't shaved in days. That's unmo. We all have unmos in our lives and sometimes we're unmo. So because of that, let's recognize the fact that people are not unmotivated as a characteristic, but they're strictly in an unmotivated state of mind. And we need to find a way to change that and not be the one that builds these motivational walls that blocks it, but yet breaks it apart so that the individual's actions can work with their outcomes and energize themselves versus not understand why they're doing the steps they're doing and they don't see where they're going with the outcomes. Well, geez, man, I am pumped up. <laughs> man, this is great it, stuff. I really love the idea. I love the idea. I was going to let you take the last, but I just got to tell you, I love the oh idea. I'm thinking about people right now that have worked here a long time that maybe don't have the same passion they had for the day-to-day work. And right. I'm just thinking how much fun it is to give. I love to give. And I just think it's a powerful attribute to be able to enjoy giving and watch what happens when we actually, and not about giving the chocolate, not about giving games, but just 
listening. And just those little things. There's nothing better than that. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm a big fan of yours now and um, got the book. And I definitely want to touch base again soon. So I appreciate you coming on today, man. And it's powerful, powerful, you know, testament of what's going on out there. And, and really, you're dishing out exactly what everybody needs a little bit more of. And just, just give it a shot, people. This is the real deal. You look at companies like Google's in, investing in it and they care, you know, they, they do a good job. So, wow, this is great. Awesome. By the time I appreciate it, man, everyone listening, appreciate you guys listening. And like I said, let us know how we can help. Always happy to help a new person. Yeah, I'll have some links on this podcast on the website. If you guys go to Home Service Expert, go to this podcast, you'll see it. And we'll have all the notes in here of what you guys can do to click on to get more and basically get his book and get everything else uh, that they're teaching. So thank you very much. Appreciate it, Matt. Awesome. Thanks, Tommy. Hey guys, I just wanted to thank you real quick for listening to the podcast. From the bottom of my heart, it means a lot to me. And I hope you're getting as much as I am out of this podcast. Our goal is to enrich your lives and enrich your businesses and your internal customers, which is your staff. And if you get a chance, please, please, please subscribe. You're going to find out all the new podcasts. You're going to be able to ask me questions to ask the next guest coming on. And and do me a quick favor. Leave a quick review. It really helps us out when you like the podcast and you leave a review. Make it four or five sentences. Tell us how we're doing. And I just wanted to mention real quick, we started a membership. It's homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash club. You get a ton of inside look at what we're going to do to become a billion dollar company. And uh, we're just, we're, we're, we're telling everybody our secrets basically. And people say, why do you give your secrets away all the time? And I'm like, you know, the hardest part about giving away my secrets is actually trying to get people to do them. So we also create a lot of accountability within this program. So check it out. It's homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash club. It's cheap. It's a monthly payment. I'm not making any money on it, to be completely frank with you guys, but I think it will enrich your lives even further. So thank you once again for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it.